Hello, this is Abby Levine, and welcome to my show. It's called Levine Intervention, and it is a lightning bolt to the soul offering humor, perspective, and advice to listeners who haven't quite mastered the art of the transition just yet. We're going to take a swan dive into the pool of questions you're too embarrassed to ask your mother. Today's topic is getting unstuck. We're going to talk about what to do if you're feeling like you're waiting for your life to begin. You haven't created the life of your dreams or really anywhere close to it. You feel okay, like you aren't actually off track. You're just not really on it. Maybe people you know have called in the things that you would love to have, like a guy, a good job, pretty good money, kids, and love. To me, um, life is all about meaning and purpose. Um, And so if you are watching that happen around you and you don't feel like you're in the game, stay tuned. Um, My belief is that we that a lot of nice stuff does not add up to happiness. Having stuff validates us that we've made it, right? Like you finally got that Chanel handbag that you waited until you were over 30 to buy, or you know you can buy a $25 lipstick and not feel badly about it. I mean, hell, you may even be driving around in a convertible and go on three vacations a year, but you still feel a little empty. Um, At the end of the day, does any of that fill us up? I don't think so, Um, because a pair of Jimmy Choo's does not love you or feed you soup when you're sick. Um, Even if you have a relationship or a job you love, this show is for you, because there comes a time in our day, there comes a time in our day-to-day life when we look around and we're like, this is not my beautiful life. You know that Talking Heads song? It's kind of surreal to have spent your whole lifetime or even a half a lifetime trying to get to where you are. And then you get there, and it's not what you thought it would be. It's, um, it's the grass is always greener syndrome. Um, so I think there's a lot to cover on this topic. Um, so some of this will be actually addressed in upcoming episodes. Um, but if you feel like you want to get unstuck, stay tuned. And if you have any questions or anything comes to mind while you're listening, please send me your question and send it to levineintervention at gmail.com. That's levineintervention at gmail.com. Keep it right here, and we'll be right back. This is Levine Intervention. Welcome back to Levine Intervention. Today's topic is getting unstuck. My guest says she feels like she's living in Groundhog Day. It's the same day over and over. She's got a good job and a lot of friends and she's making it all work right here in the heart of New York City, um, the place where it's hardest to make it all work. She's generally making it, but she feels like she's not where she wants to be and specifically she's not found her life partner. So we're going to peel back a couple of pieces of Jen's world and see if we can get her out of her 
world. I wrote down rut, but we're going to see if we can get her out of her world and um, feeling unstuck. So the part that we're going to focus on today is her love life, because um, I happen to think that when we are able to give our love and also be loved, it helps us be whole. So the BBC did um, a study and um, they tried to find out how many people you should date before settling down. And according to them, there is actually a formula to this, and it's called the optimal stopping theory. And the theory says if you reject all suitors for the first 37% of your dating time, then after that period, you should pick the next person who surpasses all the others you've seen before. So it seems very mathematical to me, <laughs> but it's always fun to like consider these things. So um, the whole article is available at bbc.com. Um, and then um, one of my awesome producers found this really killer website called The Feminine Woman. And um, I hadn't actually seen it before we researched this show, but I, I definitely recommend it. Um, there was a lot of awesome information on there. And so according to this site and the, the people who run it, they say that 80% of long-term relationships and marriages fail. So um, that's slightly depressing. However, 20% <laughs> does not seem like good odds. Um, but, I mean, I think that those apply to traditional modalities anyway. Um, I happen to think there's a lot of different ways to do these things. Um, but the reason for this, according to thefemininewoman.com, is that um, humans were not originally built to be in lasting relationships, which makes sense why they drive us all so freaking crazy, and that we're also not born with the knowledge of how to maintain a relationship with the opposite sex. Um, and so I just want to quickly say that um, they give three reasons why you could be single. So I'm not taking credit for this. I just want to say that I actually th found these pretty interesting. And um, so thefemininewoman.com says, maybe you're alone because you actually want to be alone. And there is like a whole explanation of it on the website, but I found, I found it really, really fascinating because really what that means is that we end up kind of liking our life, except that we think someone's missing. But we don't, we're not willing to change anything to get to that. So I think that's valid. Um, the second reason is that you don't really know how to attract the right one for you which I think is also very valid because I do think there's an art form to it. Um, and we're not all taught that. And then the third reason is you have not found the right one because you are not consciously aware of what really draws men to you. So you're not meeting and attracting enough quality men or drawing enough men into your world so that you have more good men to choose from. Fascinating. Good men. I am going to believe that there's a lot of them out there. Um, okay, so those are my facts and figures. Um, I did also want to say in doing this research that we found another website that I also really liked called waitbutwhy.com, W-A-I-T-B-U-T-W-H-Y.com, and there was like this whole thing about picking a life partner that I love when I find information that I haven't seen before, and this was completely unique. So um, check that out also. All right. That's the beginning of the show. Um, Jen, take a deep breath because you're up next. 
Um, write me questions to levineintervention.com and take a dance break during this. All right, welcome to my show. It's called Levine Intervention, and um, today's topic is getting unstuck. And I have an awesome woman sitting before me named Jennifer. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get unstuck, I guess. <laughs> Well, thank you for participating. And, um, you know, I know we um, just we when we book the show, we ask people if they have any questions. And usually we find that there's actually like a lot of questions to ask. And so then like narrowing it down to one or two things is um, what we try to do. So if at any point during this conversation you feel like we're going off track and you want to get back on to a different track, just let me know. Okay, so um, I always start, like, tell us a little bit about yourself, just as much as you want to share. Just, like, how long have you been in this? The, the, the city is also sort of part, one of the characters of the show, right? Because everybody, um, I find New York to be pretty fascinating. And so a lot of this is the stories that are going on in New York City because it seems like we need a capsule at, at some point to, um, you know, encapsulate what's going on here. Because um, it's fascinating. So you're, you know, people that don't know New Yorkers personally, this is also a chance to look inside our world and what's going on. Well, I was born and raised in the Midwest, and I went to school in Florida, and I lived in Los Angeles for like eight years. Um, and it just felt like I needed a change. And I came to New York, and I was working, and just kind of ended up staying. I had some friends here, and they talked me into moving to the city. It's funny because I never really thought that I would like it here. You know, every time I would come visit, like I love the energy of the city. Um, but I always thought it was like dirty and kind of crazy and hectic. Um, but I've grown to really, really love it here. It, it feels like home. What do you like? What do you love about it? I love the energy. I love the friends that I've made. I love working here. I love um, just being able to walk everywhere and like not have to like be stuck in my car and in traffic and it's just easier to meet people out you know it's it, it feels like much more of a social city and it also feels um like even if you're by yourself it still feels like you're with a hundred other people you know like I it's comfortable like going to a bar and having dinner by yourself it's comfortable walking down the street you know, late at night or whatever. It's just, it's the energy of the city is really great. The energy of the city is amaze, amazing, right? I mean, it, it grows on you. Oh, it definitely does. You think, don't, I mean, don't you think that it's a character also? The show, the, the city is like a character in our lives. It's part oh, of our lives. Absolutely. I mean, it's like Sex in the City, yeah. how New York is kind of a character. It's great. So, um, okay, good. So um, what else do you is going like what's going right for you right now? I mean, everything's good. I've got great friends. I have a great family. Um, I live by myself in a really nice apartment. I have 
a ton of like activities, like social life. You know, I'm always going out to dinner and meeting friends out and doing fun things. Um, you know, but it just, it feels like the same thing kind of over and over every day. You know, it's like I wake up, I go work out, I go to work, I go out to dinner, I come home, I sleep and then, then rinse and repeat, you know? So even though I'm doing like cool things, like whether it's going to a Broadway show or like going, um, you know, I was in Brooklyn like two weeks ago going on like an art, a street art tour you know, doing stuff like that, it's different. It's not something that I do every day. It just still feels kind of like the same thing over and over again. Right. So just like the, so how can a Broadway show feel like a Brooklyn street fair? Right. I, it does. I think it's just, you know, the people that I'm going with and like exciting. Maybe I get bored easily. I don't know. I mean, not that I need like fireworks all the time, but it just feels kind of the same even keeled kind of stuff, I guess. Yeah, I know. I totally know what you're saying. I just, I want to, I just want to sort of, so, so, so what's fulfilling for you right now? I don't know. No. Um, I think work is fulfilling. You know, it feels good to get up every day and have a place to go and be able to earn a living and, you know, work with cool people. Um, and I, I'm a very active person, so, you know, it feels good to get up in the morning and go walk in the park or exercise or whatever just to kind of get my day started. Um, have you done any, like, spiritual work or any have – you, have you dived into that question before? No. Okay. <laughs> Not really. Okay. So you've never really thought about, like, what is it that actually is making you happy day to day? I mean, yeah, of course, you know, when I'm down, you know, it's kind of like, well, what makes me happy? Um, so what are the things that make you happy? Chocolate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it is a good thing, chocolate. <laughs> I'm teasing. Um, you know, I, I think what makes me happy is just being here, you know, and like being able to be here, you know, in On a Earth? sense. No, I, like in New York, like living the life that I want to live to a certain extent. Um you know, I feel, I don't even know, like I, you seem a little blocked from, from the next step. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like you kind of just live your life maybe, or I kind of just live my life and I probably don't think about it in a, right. on a deeper level. Right. Um, I'm not really sure why, maybe because right. I never thought about it or. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. You know, like if it's all if it's all working, then you don't really have to think about it. And then suddenly one day you do. So you're that's what that was like the intro of the show. It's not like you're off track. It's not like you're so far down a rabbit hole. But what what would you like your next step? Your next what would you like your like? Have you ever thought about what you want your life to look like in three years, four years, five years? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, OK. I mean, I you know, I feel I'm grateful to have a ton of girlfriends and friends and I'm grateful for, you know, my job, but it's just, it doesn't feel like it's enough, you know, and I feel, you know, I definitely want to be in a relationship. I want to be married. Um, I don't think I want children, um, but it's, it's a hard thing to know. I feel like, it, you know, maybe I'll meet somebody and want to share that with them. Mm -hmm. Um I don't know, but 
I like want to travel. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there's a whole world out there that I'm dying to see. And it's really hard to plan travel when you're, you know, a freelance TV producer. And so it's hard to, you know, plan when you don't know when your next gig is or when it's going to end or if you're going to have money to live. You know, it's it's not um, very structured. So you're kind of always living like um, you're on a spare tire. Oh, good analogy. You know what I mean? Like you, you, yeah. you never know what's next. It's just kind of like you got to right. well, take it as it comes. Thing. Here's the thing. Right. Okay. So I want to take that piece of it because I understand that because I also do freelance TV work. And um, although we don't know each other before this, except, well, we have met once, but we don't really know each other's paths or whatever. But, you know, right now I'm pulling in people that I know to do the show and a lot of people have come from this world, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw out there my first bit of um, advice, which is that um, you're never gonna know if you're gonna stay in TV for a long time. It's you're never gonna know, and you know what magic happens if you plan a trip anywhere, anytime. You'll get a job after it. You know what I mean? Like if you you know when the show ends, right? They gave you some sort of outdate, probably. You just plan a trip for a week or two after it ends, and you don't, you just plan to be off for a little bit of time, you know? Or usually Christmas is a good time. Like most people don't work between Christmas and New Year's. And if you, if you decide what you want to do, they need you as much as you need them. In the freelance world, we have a hard time understanding that sometimes because we are trained to think that that they have the asset and we need what they have. But guess what? They need us too. I'm, you've probably hired before in the past. You know when you need to hire somebody and you're sitting there and you're like, man, I hope a good person comes across my desk. You know, it's the same. It really is the, the same energy exchange. So I encourage you to remember that they need you as much as you need them. And you're, you can take a trip. You can take two trips. And you'll still get work if you plan it a little bit. You know, you put a little bit of money aside for the trip. In fact, you can start an international travel fund in one of your savings accounts and just put 100, 150 bucks a month in there, whatever, or more, and it adds up. You know, and then it's there. Then you've, then you've actually told the universe you want to travel. And you'll have the fund. And then when you go to put your savings in every month, you put some in there and then some in your regular savings and then suddenly boom there it is so you you make you create that you make that happen and it's like an expansion it's like you'll be really surprised at how your world will mold around your desires no it's good advice i think i just got burned in 2014 um you know i go away every christmas um somewhere international, somewhere warm, somewhere fun. Um, But in 2014, I barely worked. And so I think I'm just getting back on my feet from that. Um, You know, and it's kind of, it's just, that's been a blow. But... You say you couldn't find work? Yeah, I couldn't find work for most of the year. I know, it happens. Yeah, so I'm, I mean... But you're still here, right? You still have your apartment? You figured it out? I hear you. I had the whole six months of not working, and then I got the best job of my life. You know, so it is like an ebb and flow, but we know that already, right? Yeah. You don't take it personally, and it's just... 
What did you do during that time off? I actually, um, I lost my best friend. He passed away. So I was mourning the loss of him. I was mourning the fact that I was turning 40. Um, I, and I wasn't where I wanted to be in my life. I was, my dad was ill. You know, just, it was like one thing on top of another. It was just kind of a bad year, but it's behind me now, thank God. <laughs> well, I would see it as a blessing that you weren't working during that time. No, actually. totally. Yeah. Because whatever morning you had to do during that, you could not have done while you were working. It would have, that would have totally changed your life. But we're trained to think that we need to keep working right after we stop working. But you, somehow you figured the finances out, right? And I'm sure whatever hole you got yourself into you get yourself out of, you know, it's just a different mentality. We're not nine to fivers with the set income. So that's actually a blessing that you weren't working during that time. Did your friend pass away after like when you, did you not have, you didn't get work or like it happened during that time? Um, he passed away the day that I finished a job, <laughs> a really horrible, awful job that I was like traumatized by, but that's, yeah. Did you get to say goodbye to him at all or? No. So that is something super major to deal with. Yeah. So, okay. Do you think it's possible that you didn't get work because the divine or the universe, like, knew that you... I mean, I think the universe gives you what you need to a certain yeah. extent, or at least, you know, I hope it does. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of other people who were out of work at the same time. Yeah. I think the industry just kind of came to a little bit of a halt, but... Um, you know, I, I made it through. And I'm End just of 2013, kind of, beginning of 2014. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I was out, too. Six months. Yeah. But I it worked it, out great, right? It yeah, no, great, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just you. trying to get it back on my feet and, yeah. and, you know, get it together. And Well, okay, I'm going to give you some, my second piece of advice then. You already have it together, and you're already on your feet. So you have no work to do. Even if you had $100,000 in savings, nothing is going to change about your day-to-day -day life. I guarantee you. You know what I mean? Like, it might be slightly less stress figuring out what you want to have for lunch because you can spend 20 bucks instead of 13 or whatever, you know? But, but you're, 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 on, you're back on your feet, you know? Like, I don't think that that's a thing that, you, that you're waiting to get to until the next part happens because you're already a whole, complete person, where you chose this career, it sounds like you like the career and you want to stay in it. And so this is just part of it. You know, this is just part of it. There's definitely fear that comes with like get stepping away from it for a little while because you like the momentum is going right and you want people to remember you. But so then when you when you're coming to the end of a job, you just basically start. It really is as easy as asking for what you want. Do you have any relationship with your angels or? the universe or the divine or anything like that. A little bit. Use them. Use them and test it out. Just ask them to, I, I'll, um, I forever ago when I got divorced, I actually just asked the universe to bring me good men and to just surround me with good men, like very simply. And there's no time attachment to it. And I honestly, I have the nicest guys in my life now. I'm not, I'm not dating them you know, at the moment, but, but I have, and, um, just, so just think of the things that you want to ask for, you know, and just, just, it's, it's a ask and release sort of thing, you know, and you have to, 
talk to them, to the, your angels. I had a psychic once tell me, he's like, girl, you have four angels. And he like named them all. And he's like, they're just sitting in the corner, like filing their nails, not doing anything. They're like as bored as hell. Put those bitches to work. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. You know, so if there, if you believe at all, there's like a, a little bit of a bigger force at work this is like a good time to try it so my like the mantra that I would suggest for you is like um universe um show me that when I'm done that when I go on vacation for Christmas this year that I'm going to come back and everything's going to be okay you know and just then also that also sinks into you you know and then guess what somehow other people sense it there's like a whole force field happening that we have no control over that that you just have to start believing in, that it exists. Yeah, I feel like I ask for a lot of things and they don't happen. Like what? <laughs> I mean, just, you know, whatever it may be at the time that I'm wanting or needing or, you know. Well, then you're either not asking right or your expectations are too high or you're not being patient enough. Because they, they all come eventually. They may not be in the form, you know, Bradley Cooper might not be showing up at your door tomorrow with roses and an engagement ring, but if you want the guy, he's going to come. All right, let's talk about the dating. So how is dating going for you? Um, it's, it's okay. I mean, I go out on dates, but it's just, it's frustrating. I mean, I think that the dating landscape has changed um, with like, the internet and apps and um you know as I get older it's more difficult to meet people you know I'm not I'm not one to go to a bar and party and you know it's not really how I meet people anyway so that's not for me but um I am on websites and all sorts of apps and stuff like that but I just feel like people are a little flaky or you know I had some guy tell me he sprained his ankle um and it would be difficult for him to go out. Could I come over to his house? And I said, you're kidding, right? <laughs> like, I don't even know you. Right. Um, and he's like, oh, I'll meet you down in the lobby. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, You want to go to his apartment for a first date that's not romantic for you? No, it's like, <laughs> call a fucking Uber and meet me at a bar. Did Take you say that? A drink. No, I just completely ignored him. I mean, I don't, I don't want to... I don't I didn't want to make the effort to meet somebody who began the conversation that way and those are his expectations. Like it's just such a huge turnoff and it's not that's not the type of person I want to meet. I understand. Um and what I would recommend in that case is um use that person as research like and just because I think that we are we are always having to like train our voice to get us to say the hard things which is really like you wouldn't do this with this guy, but you're going to, but like, which is really like sometime in the future, you're going to need to say something to somebody, which is like, um, I'm having a hard time believing that you sprained your ankle and I, I don't trust that that's the case. Um, and so I would like to know why you don't feel like we can have a date tonight. Like that's the thing you'll have to say to somebody that you love down the future, right. In a different kind of context. So that guy just laugh at that shit like that you it is but like in the moment you can also 
just as practice, choose to, to just say, whatever, I'm not coming to your apartment. Like, if you want to meet me, hop in an Uber and meet me for a drink. You know, and at least then you you are trying to say the things that you want to say to somebody because it's it's a it's a step to getting what you need further down the line. No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I didn't want to engage in any conversation with this guy. I mean, it made me laugh. I was hysterical over it, right. you know. And of course, I'm showing it to everyone in the office. Like, right. can you fucking believe this? Right. But um, you know, it's like you get enough of those, and it's just like, really? Like, is that like? Where where are the normal people? There's no normal people. <laughs> There's no such thing as a normal person. Well, I you know I'm using that term loosely, but you know what I mean, like somebody that just doesn't you know want me to come over to their house. I mean, I'll meet you in the lobby. I was like, mm, yeah. Just. Why is that so upsetting to you that he asked you that? No, it's it's upsetting because I don't want to fuck somebody. You know what I mean? Like I'm on these apps to meet people and right. have like hopefully find somebody and have a relationship with them, you know, other than sexual. I mean, just a healthy relationship with somebody. And clearly that's not what this guy was on this app for, but it's like, then put it in your profile. You know what I mean? Like there are plenty of men out there. Like I've seen all sorts of people on there, like married people who are like, I'm miserable in my marriage. The reason I don't have a photo up you know, okay, I'm going to pass on you. Like, that's right. not really what I'm looking for, but thanks, you know. Like, I appreciate people at least being, like, a little more upfront and honest because it's just, you know, it's like I wouldn't have even, like, talked to the guy. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's just a waste of time. So that kind of, di- so what happens when that kind of thing happens to you? Like, what goes on in your head or what? Well, it's just frustrating because I feel like I get more of that than I do, like, the average you know, hi, I want to meet you, you you know, like a somewhat normal courtship or whatever, you know, it just. When was your last relationship? Um, oh my God, it's been years. Like long-term you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I like date people for like three months and then it's just, you know. Well, that counts. Oh, well, yeah, it's been a while. I don't even know how long. 10 years, five years, three years. Um, So what are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for a man who has, you know, a good life and is happy in his life and wants to meet somebody, a partner in crime, who um, likes to live in the city and wants to stay here and can, you know, travel, wants to travel and um, is kind and excited to be with me and um, fun and smart, funny. Funny is probably at the top of my list. Okay, then put it at the top of the list. Yeah. Then put it at the top of the list, honestly, because I I think that we do have to prioritize what the guy is and isn't. Because if you flip that around and somebody was looking for that, do you think that you have that to offer? Yeah, I'm pretty fucking funny. It sounds... Yeah. <laughs> you are pretty fucking funny, actually. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay, good. Well, um, my other question to follow that up then is, though, are you looking for you? What does that mean? Like, are you looking for somebody who's like you? No. Okay. 
No, actually, I'm more attracted to people who, I, I'm more attracted to, like, suits. Like, businessmen. I, I want somebody who's, like, totally grounded and, like, has a 401k <laughs> and, like, has, like, this is how I explain it. Like, I'm, I'm looking for a CEO, not literally a CEO of a company. I mean, a CEO, like, I'm really, I'm a really good president. Like, I'm really good with day-to-day -day operations. I'm really good with execution. I'm really good with getting shit done. Like, they'll always, you know, there'll be groceries in the refrigerator. If the toilet's broken, by the time you get home, it'll be fixed. Like, I'm really good at execution. Laundry, dry cleaning, whatever, that's me. I am not good with like long-term big picture. I am not good with like numbers and finances and like life decisions. Like, I don't know, like I've never like taxes. Like, I, I don't know any of that businessy shit. So it's like, I need a CEO who's like really good at like the long-term big picture stuff. Please tell me that all of this is in your online dating profile. Because that is fucking funny. That's funny, and it makes total sense. And I feel like a guy would want to be the CEO of your company, of Gen, Gen R Us, <laughs> you know? That's like asking for something super specific. Because I think guys want to help. You know, they want to... They wanna, they want to save us. You're, you know, they want to rescue us. And they're, they're, you're giving him a job. You are literally giving him a job to do. And that is what men like. They want to be given jobs to do. I got plenty of jobs for them to do. <laughs> Write that out. Like, that is funny. I guarantee you that somebody will say to you, like, I will be your CEO. There's got to be men out there who are, like, totally shitty presidents. You know what I mean? Like, that they can't do the day-to-day. -day. There has to be. But you have your own theory. Like, it's funny. And it's also, what I like about it is that it's not, you're not, um, like, somehow it defies all typical roles. You know, like, you're not saying, I'll be the wife and put groceries in the fridge. You're not saying I'll be the wife and do all the wifely things and then you be the guy and you do all of the guy things. You're putting you guys on the same team. You know, it's not opposite sides. It's like it's you are putting yourself under him, which is actually I think fine in a way. You know that if as a woman you can actually handle that, I think it's smart. But if you put that on your website or you start telling people that, I think that's a great dating tactic. So maybe also, Jen, you should consider doing things a little bit differently. Like if you're stuck in Groundhog Day, you have to leave the hole, you know, like stop going back to the same hole. You know, like it's going to be I, I try to do something that makes me scared every day just to I do. I try to execute something that freaks me out every day because um, I think that's how change happens. That's how growth happens. And so you should. If you think you're not a person that meets guys in bars, go to a bar, you know, or do something other than it's it's pretty easy to sit at home on your couch and flip through guys and swipe right, you know, like in your pajamas from home. And it's also pretty lazy. It, you know, I don't think it's that realistic to actually meet somebody like that. It is new and it is it's. It's hard to get to the stage where you're like, let's meet for a drink, you know, because you're not going to ask that question, right? Like, I do. Oh, oh you yeah. Do? Yeah. Okay. Actually, okay. most of the time I do because I 
don't have the patience to sit around and have the chit chat, the stupid banter back and forth, like, how was your weekend? My weekend was great. How was yours? You know, it's it's a good way to get into a conversation, but after a while, it's like either shit or get off the pot. Like, do you want to go meet for a drink or not? So usually I just write, um, hey, if you're interested, let's grab a drink or something next week. And how does that work? Does that work? Yeah, most okay. of the time. Okay. You know, but sometimes, like, I've given my phone number out, you know, a handful of times, and they don't call, which is fine. I mean, there are plenty of people who I've probably blown off as right. well. You know, it happens. Like, right. that's dating or it's, you know. Um, and I've done other things. Like, I've gone to singles events. I've gone on singles vacations. I've played tennis. I've signed up for art classes. I, You know, it's not like I've relied on one thing heavily. I've gone to several matchmakers, you know, like I... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you like yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm, you know, a good person. I think that I have a lot to offer in a relationship. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah. Okay. Well then just stay in that. Stay in that. I mean, you know, um, if you're playing tennis to meet a guy, just be in your pleasure while you're playing tennis and let them, like, it really is about attraction. You know, like, if you're really feeling yourself in the tennis and that it's fun and you're not really there just to meet the guy, you know, I think there's a combo. I think we do things where we think we might end up seeing somebody, but then you kind of don't think about it that way once you're doing it, you know, then you're in it and you're just... You're, people that are having fun, other people want to be around also. Yeah, except the problem was that it was all women. <laughs> I mean, but it doesn't matter. I've been doing it for years, and I, I mean, right. it's something that I enjoy doing. Um, you know, the art class, it was all women as well. But, like, I, I had a lot of fun, you know. Well, you need to research that, though, too, right? Like, if you're listing that in the, in the activities yeah. that you're coming up with for how to meet guys – then it shouldn't really be in that category. I mean, that's cool, but that still falls back in the girlfriend category. Yeah, right? I'm, like, so over. Like, I have the greatest girlfriends. There's no question about it. I am really, really, really lucky. I mean, I have a lot of single friends, and they're all, like, really, really good people. But I'm so fucking sick of going out to dinner with girlfriends. Then like, don't. I'm so over it. Then don't go. Why are you going? Well, because I, I mean, I, I actually haven't been recently. I just kind of have taken a break a little bit. Just I needed some space. But, you know, and, and I go to like bars and sit and I'll have dinner by myself. But like Such I must a New York be thing go- to do. Did you ever do that when you lived in the Midwest? Like, oh, my God, I don't know. I could never do that. Before no, in ever. L.A., definitely no not. Way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. OK. Well, I advise you to not go to dinner with your girlfriend's like at all it sounds like fucking torture the way that you're explaining it you know like don't put yourself in that situation because if you want to prioritize finding a guy prioritize finding a guy save your time save your energy save your money save everything for the mission and stay on the mission you don't have to fill your time with chardonnay and bruschetta (laughs) oh that's pretty good no (laughs) That's what you order when you're out with the girls, right? We're all going to split a couple things and split the check and have some wine. And are you fulfilled from that? No. Not really. 
I mean, I love my girlfriends, and it's good to go out with them every once in a while. They're great. But another Saturday night spending, you know, 75 bucks and four hours getting ready and going out and whatever. Stay home and read a dating manual. I'm serious. Like, practice spending that time doing the thing that is going to get you to where you really need to be. And feel good about it, you know? Like, you cho- you're choosing to do what is going to get you to the next phase. Will you try it? Yes. Will you let me know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will you also put up that dating profile and let me know how that goes? Will you come back here with your boyfriend when you get him? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you learn anything? Yes. <laughs> Was it painful? No. Yay! Hopefully I don't sound like a bitch to my girlfriend, though. (laughs) My God. But, I mean, it's temporary, right? It's not like you're never going to go out with them ever again. Like, what do cool single dudes do? 40-something-year-old men do. Find out. I've been trying to find out. I have no idea what they do. They're not going to singles events. That's your other homework. That's your research mission. Find out from other single guys what they're doing. I have no single guy friends. None. Find people. I mean, you're, you're a producer. Produce it, you <laughs> know? know, or ask your friends to produce it. I mean, that's a great question. What do single 40-year-old guys do on a Saturday night? Or on a Tuesday night. Whenever the fuck. I don't give a shit what How night it is. How do you find is. them? Right? I'll go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Great. Friday. Yeah. Find out and let us know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that would value that research. So also, you can be motivated not only for yourself but for your friends also if you put yourself on the mission of being the fact finder and delivering the information you're doing everybody a world of good get out of chardonnay and bruschetta and into you know like caviar and champagne with the group and picture it you know what i mean like you i don't like i really think visualization works too like if those dinners are the thing that's like i get it like it is kind of annoying right so just imagine and picture that dinner like a girlfriend of mine and i both decided that we were going to meet Mike's guys named Mike. We just had this vi- we just had this vision and we just said us and our Mike's are going to meet again at the beach um in like a year with our kids. Well, I'm not there yet, but she I did date a guy named Mark right after that and I did end up meeting a Mike after that. And she is dating a guy named Tiziano, which is not the point. (laughs) But she is in, she met him at the beach in Cabo. So like, and they, she moved to San Diego and they live at the beach now. So like, it's not the exact same vision, but it got, I think, I do think it helped get her there. And it got me to my guy for a while. You know, so picture your friends around the table with their guys. Also, like that same group of girlfriends make a goal, even if it's just in your own head. You don't even have to. They don't even have to be a part of it. You know, like if you know they want the guys, just make the vision board for them with them because then you're doing everybody a favor. All right, Jen, we are going to transition into our next segment, which you actually psychically came up with, which is we do a segment here called What Made You Happy? So everybody goes around the room. This is going to be a good one. There's a lot of people in the room. Um, Everybody says one thing that made them happy today. So we do it just to remember that sometimes it's the little things. So we stick around for what made you happy today? Yeah. Okay. All right. 
levineintervention at gmail.com. Oh, I never tagged my website before. levineintervention.nyc. You can listen to all these podcasts. Um, have a little dance break. So I, I won't be so This segment of Levine Intervention is called What Made You Happy Today? And we have one, two, three, four, five, six people in the room. Beth! Seven people in the room who are going to go around and say what made them happy today. So, Jen, will you start and tell us one little thing that made you happy today? I'm happy to be here. Aww. This is the highlight of the day. That's exciting. So Groundhog Day is changing already. Yes, absolutely. Do you feel unstuck right now in this yeah, one little moment? Yeah, absolutely. Just for this one little moment? Yes. Okay. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Cheryl? So what made me happy today, one of my teams, we had a Mexican-themed potluck. And I got to eat chocolate snickerdoodle cookies. Whoa, that's a big day then. <laughs> that made me happy. <laughs> you ate a chocolate snickerdoodle cookie? Oh my gosh. How'd it go? It was amazing. <laughs> so good. Shirley eats really healthy and takes really good care of herself. <laughs> She's going to have to work out for like three days on that one snickerdoodle. Sonia. I love embarrassing you. I don't know why. <laughs> So I traveled to Syracuse, and I got to meet my best friend. She's my childhood best friend, so that was nice. It was nice to see some familiarity. What did you guys do? So we just hung out. We went on campus after long, and that was so nice to just sit back and just relax. What's her name? Mansi. Mansi? Yeah. And you said that you guys both coincidentally went to Syracuse yeah. from India. Yeah. We've been best friends since we were four. That's so cute. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, Drew's joining us. Drew edited a different episode and he came to check out our setup and make sure that we got it working. You guys are great. What made you happy today, Drew? Uh, what made me happy was uh, I was at Whole Foods eating sushi before I got here, and uh, the two girls across from me were like enthralled by my chopstick skills. I've <laughs> <laughs> never been recognized for those skills. It's nice to be noticed. What did you do that just, was like different? Just whipped them out and used them right, I guess. I don't know. Do you have a special chopstick skill? I, apparently. That's, I just make it look good. Well, what maybe? did they say? They were like, I looked up and they were both staring at me. She's like, I'm sorry, but you're using chopsticks so well. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this is such so, a good so, line. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I missed a moment there. I totally missed a Dang, moment. Yeah. I'm going to use that line. Yeah, right, yeah. Totally I love it. I am single and I know how to use chopsticks. <laughs> it's the simple wins. <laughs> Joe, do you want to talk? <laughs> <laughs> All right, George, what made you happy today? Uh, my roommate came to the taping today. It was nice to share a part of my life with him. It was nice. You know, you're the, you're what made me happy today are always about people. 
They're always about like somebody in your life, which is yeah. really adorable. Okay, wait, I have to go get Beth really quickly. So, okay, this is Beth who lives in New York City, but mostly lives in Maui. And she's really nervous, so I'll go before her, even though we just all went around the room and said one thing that made you happy today, okay. just to remind us that sometimes it's the little things that make you happy today. So, um, <sighs> what made me happy today was that Beth was here all day and I got to take a really long walk and she asked everybody if they knew where there was a sea glass carousel and nobody knew what the hell she was talking about and Beth was on a mission to find the sea glass carousel and I think we talked to like 10 people to get us there and it was definitely the journey and not the end result that was the most fun <laughs> of that mission because it kind of sucked, but it was really fun. No, she liked it. It was like, <laughs> it was an interesting carousel, but it was definitely the mission of getting to the carousel that was very unexpected and fun for me today. Yay, okay, what made me happy today was going to lunch with my friend Abby. <laughs> And it was just so enjoyable sitting there by the waterfront and being outside in New York on a perfect October day and with a, such a dear friend. And then on the walk back, when I picked the flower, the roses, and then your dog ate it. <laughs> it was really, really fun. It really made me because he didn't actually eat it he kind of just nibbled at it and he just loved it so much that he wanted to just um, get really close to it <laughs> Paulie has a crush on Beth and yeah no he does finally his crush on me has lessened now that <laughs> Beth is around <laughs> thank you for participating My Beth pleasure. Okay, there's a lot of thank yous to go on today. So thank you very much, Jen, for coming and being on the show. And I hope that you learned something. And I do um, love to do follow-up with people. So um, I look forward to following up with you on this. And you'll get to hear the show so you can remember everything as well. Thank you, Shirley, for booking Jen and doing an awesome pre-interview. And a million more things. I still say you're the most dead. You always keep a fire under my ass. I want you to know that. This is happening because of you. Sonia came back from Syracuse to help out with the show and is doing an amazing job on the social media and all of the write-ups of everything. And she's so adorable. And she's smiling and so cute. Drew is an editor and audio master. And um, George is a longtime roommate. And oh my god, this is getting bigger. It's so exciting. <laughs> and George did awesome engineering. Miss you, bro. Um, and um, thank you for eating a lot of pizza because it would make me really sad if there was a lot of food left over after tonight. Um, and um, Bethy, thank you for going in the room and being quiet, even though it was our kitchen table tonight to hang out at, and we did the podcast instead. Aww. So thank you for everybody for listening to Levine Intervention. My dream is coming true. This is like starting to grow, and it's really exciting, and I hope you learned something. And listen to all the shows on levineintervention.nyc, and please write me questions. Peace, love, rock and roll. Bye.